0: Welcome to the Commentary Magazine Daily Podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. I'm John Podhortz, the editor of Commentary Magazine, and I'm sorry to hassle you like this, but the end of the year is coming. This is when people do their annual giving. Commentary is a 501c3 not-for-profit institution, and we really do rely on the elemasonary generosity of our readers and listeners and supporters to keep the lights on, to bring you this podcast every day, to bring you the magazine every month and to bring you the website every day as well. So if you would consider being generous and uh, adding us to your list of uh charities to whom you, uh, to whom you provide resources, or if you have been a giver in the past, uh maybe I can seduce you into giving more generously this year. Either way, please go to commentary.org www.commentary.org slash donate to make commentary part of your annual giving in 2022. We would be grateful. And by we, I mean, executive editor, Abe Greenwald. Hi, Abe. Hi, John. Media commentary columnist and American Enterprise Institute fellow, Christine Rosen. Hi, Christine. Hi, John. And associate editor and author of The Rise of the New Puritans, Noah Rothman. Hi, Noah. Hi, John. So uh, I don't know if you guys, Abe and Christine, if you watched the uh, Jan the final January sixth committee hearing yesterday. Noah and I both both did. Um, it seemed to me to be a very sleepy affair, basically a summary of what they had found before. And uh, since I think I certainly paid very close attention to what they'd found before, I didn't hear much. New and it just seemed a, uh, an occasion at which the committee members got to parade their um, their virtue uh, in front of uh, in front of people. Um, but uh, they did refer uh, for uh, they made criminal referrals to the Department of Justice. So I, I want to just ask you guys this. The line on the right, and from many people on the right, in the wake of what was going on yesterday and during during the rest of the day, was that they not, look, they're done, they're toast. The Depart- Look, the Department of Justice is already doing its own massive investigation. Apparently, it's the largest criminal investigation that the FBI and, and the Justice Department have ever been involved in, in terms of its scope and scale, if you add in... Everybody who has been prosecuted for their specific actions on January 6th say so it is, eh, they're just grandstanding. They're just grandstanding, and this was no point. And they were grandstanding, I'm not saying they weren't. But I, 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 again, when I hear this or I see this. I say to myself, that th- this chronic underestimation of the meaning of the January 6th commission on the part of the right, that's kind of whistling past the graveyard, that no one's paying attention, they don't care, they know it's all a setup, they know they're just going after Trump in whatever way they can with these rhinos, um, Kinzinger and, and, and Cheney going after them. And I just don't think that this has been a nothing burger. It is not a nothing burger that this committee over you know 18 months has laid pretty systematically laid out an argument about the insurrection and the fomenting of the insurrection by Trump that may or may not rise to the standard of a criminal prosecution that will lead to Trump going to jail but isn't nothing it's actually really a whole lot of something and i don't know why it helps people to comfort themselves with the thought that, um, that it's, that, that people should just like overlook it or move beyond it or not pay attention to it.
1: Well, Well, there's, Oh, go ahead, Abe. I just think,
2: I I mean, I do think that there's a a sort of paradox um, whereby the longer it goes on and now the, 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 the committee is, is, is done, but the longer it goes on, somehow it becomes easier to talk about it as a nothing burger not harder uh strangely because there's it's the every time i see a new january 6th event or story this week i think people have to be sick of it i'm that is i'm not talking about the merits of it i'm not talking about its meaning i'm talking about but um it becomes like the weather and it's easier to say yeah we know what they're up to again yeah we all get the point by now um so i i think there's 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 a certain amount of um just that there i don't i don't know i don't know how comforted anyone actually is by saying it's a nothing burger
1: well that's They're, and that yeah that's exactly right i mean there's that remember the moment at watergate where gerald ford was like our long national nightmare is over this is the opposite it's like our long national nightmare continues with various prosecutions with this that and the other not that that's bad like i mean i i like you john think that trump needs to be held accountable the the i guess the the sophisticated version of the from the right is to say, you know, if they really wanted to get him, if they really had the goods on him, then they've got to prove it with, with what's in this report. Like if they're gonna criminally prosecute him for these very serious charges, they better have the goods because this is unprecedented in American history that a former president who's running for office again is being prosecuted by the, you know, administration of a current president who is likely to be his opponent in the next election. So you do want the goods to be there. So the question is, A, do they have the goods? And if they don't, then um, legally and politically, they have different questions to ask and different threads to unravel, right? Politically, I, I agree with Abe. I mean, we've followed the commission's work very carefully. We've been very critical, I think, appropriately, of Republicans who dismissed it and wouldn't participate, and you know, their their attitude towards the whole thing. Um, but I'm not sure people are paying attention to it, especially because there are so many other prosecutions going on and Merrick Garland's appointment of this of Jack, what's his name that's going to continue into the new year there'll be new Revelations so there might be prosecution fatigue the same way there was on when Ken Starr was going after Bill Clinton in the 90s so politically this might be bad legally I just don't what do they have on them that we didn't already all know well right, let's
3: have? let's talk about that because I watched the this I've watched all nine of these hearings I read the report all 154 ten, ten pages hearings. of it 10 hearings, ten hearings. This is the uh, ten. and it skimmed the the 154 page report because I'm sorry you can't really read 154 page report in, in a half a day. And also it's a lot of stuff that you already knew. Nevertheless, important stuff I digested. First of all, b- just briefly to the point, does this matter? Um, in post-election surveys, 538 found that behind you know the rising cost of living and inflation, a uh, little over a third said extremism, political extremism was one of their primary motivating factors. And if you look at the results and who the electorate targeted, with the precision of a guided munition, it does seem like that January 6th and the disease that it arose from was on the minds of voters. Nevertheless, let's go to the prosecutions, what they want. I don't think any of this is going to happen. But if they did, there's three charges that they're laying out against Trump, uh, three big charges that they're laying out against Trump, John Eastman and Cheesebro. I don't know how to pronounce his name. His name is spelled Cheesebro. I'm calling him Cheesebro. So it's obstruction, of the committee's works seems like an open shut case to me. They attempted to to obstruct the committee's works. They, uh, you know, Trump and people around him ignored subpoenas. A few of them are held in contempt. They, they, uh, you know, blocked the, the release of documents. What have you? The second is defrauding uh, the government, and that also seems maybe not open and shut, but pretty sound, given the amount of documents where um, Trump and the Kraken team, in writing, said that certain things that happened in the election that did not happen. Um, so you can make a case for fraud. And then the last charge is insurrection. And that's where they they strike me as they're overreaching. Because in the document, they cite the uh, decision of um, uh, Judge Mehta. I'm blocking his first name, Amit Mehta, who found against Trump in a civil trial, Thompson v. Trump, in which Trump and his coterie were sued by people in the um, January 6th event, because they were injured emotionally, physically, and they sued Trump for damages and won. And the logic in that uh, ruling uh, around incitement says, the judge says this meets the Brandenburg standard, this 1969 standard that was established by the Supreme Court in Brandenburg v. Ohio, that establishes at what point speech becomes incitement to violence and is not protected by the First Amendment. And that standard maintains that Trump had to know that these people wanted to be violent, that he wanted them to be violent, with malice of forethought, tried to uh, incite violence and also had an objective that he could achieve knowingly, whether it's possible or not, that he wanted to achieve via that execution of that violence. It seems incredibly hard to prove to a criminal jury. If a, if a prosecution was inclined to, to 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 bring that charge, I don't think they would be because it's such a high standard. And Trump, we have no evidence to suggest that violence would have achieved what Trump wanted to achieve, which is to become, to stay president for the next four years. Um, So the committee seems to me to have overreached significantly in bringing the insurrection charge. Now, could they have not brought that charge? Probably not, because everybody they're beholden to on their side, and this is politics, would have freaked out over the failure to prosecute what the whole case is about, the insurrection. An attack on the United States government and attempt to overthrow the government—that's the narrative that they want to that they want to advance. And to not pursue that, to not pull on that thread, probably would have annoyed more people than it satisfied. Especially since nothing's going to come of any of this. So, as a political document, you had to do that, but that just makes it more of a political document.
0: So, I think your legal point—not that any of us is a, is a lawyer, but I've spent forty years. Uh, editing as a person in the in the media, and I know a lot about speech law, uh, just as a as a you know as a kind of lay person. And you are right that um, the the line here the is so complicated between uh, even if Trump wanted there to be violence. It doesn't mean that the words that he spoke or the terminology that he used or anything like that was the trigger. You know, he did not say the smoking gun phrase, which is go down there, break into the Capitol, find Mike Pence and hang him like that. That is what you need to say. He took
3: this mob and he sent them there legally yeah people might think that's like a really high standard but yes it is a really high standard yeah because uh, because otherwise
0: anyone can be prosecuted for saying anything at any time it's like handing the federal government or governments a blank check to say the things that you said were incitement and we've been living now in a world particularly in higher education where we are now treating words as though they are incitement Yes, Stanford
1: is, just Stanford just uh, put out a huge list yes. of all the scary, dangerous words you're not allowed to use anymore. Which yeah, like
0: American, you're apparently acting. not allowed to say you're an American because I'm that triggered. Is, yes, it's that triggering. is uh, that that uh, that belittles uh, Americans from Latin and South America.
1: Yes, clearly.
0: So you have to say U.S. citizen anyway. But I'm just saying, like we've lived through this period of um, the confusion of speech with incitement. Speech can be incitement, but the classic principle that worse speech is incitement is you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. That's the most no, famous no, example. No,
3: no, no. Why? That's, that's Oliver Wendell Holmes formulation. It yes. lasted for it was the Espionage Act. It lasted for all of four years before it was overturned. It's a terrible no. standard. It's not a legal standard. Okay. Okay. It's a standard for imprisoning your political enemies. But that's exactly my point, right? Which is...
0: You know the court and the Supreme Court in particular, were it ever to get would would not this this is a Pandora's box, you know, like saying that uh, someone says something and someone else does something and you are therefore in a position where the person who says something is as
3: guilty if not guiltier than the person the Brandenburg standard something. is around is around people who are armed right the, okay. in, in that yes. case they were armed, they were dangerous, right. it was knowingly so, yeah. I mean, I mean you th- can make the case these, for here because right. this report also demonstrates the extent to which a lot of these people were armed to the teeth. It was shocking how yeah. many weapons this has yeah, not, you should, not been yeah. released previously.
0: No, so you I think you pulled this out. Let me just read what what you found yesterday. Um hold on. Uh, at the ellipse, uh, the US Secret Service. That's just
3: at the ellipse, the people who at went to the ellipse. The that's where
0: that's where the uh, where the speech was, where yeah, the yeah. where the where the rally was before the people who willingly submitted to be searched. Yeah, they they confiscated... Uh, there were 28,000 spectators who passed through the magnetometers. Uh, 242 canisters of pepper stray, spray were confiscated. 269 knives or blades, 18 brass knuckles, 18 tasers, uh, six pieces of body armor, three gas masks. I don't think that, uh, that stuff matters. But 242 canisters of pepper spray, 270 knives... Brass knuckles, tasers, thirty batons, or blunt instruments. So the The report goes on to
3: detail the firearms that were confiscated outside the mags.
0: Okay, so let's talk about this for a minute because there are two ways of looking at this. One of which is that um, the Trump mob, the twenty-eight thousand people who showed up, and the people in that a lot of people in that crowd are kind of were cosplaying, being a militia. Right, they came armed uh did they mean to use weapons probably not if they had meant to use the weapons they wouldn't have gone through the magnetometers but it's like i'm going and i'm bringing my taser you know uh why would you bring your taser it's cold you know
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna make heavy. a defensive pepper spray okay. however since some of us who live in the district yes. do actually carry certain things with us somewhere we on mass transit okay. and whatnot but this yeah, we don't this know seems who, a little we do know who, right
0: okay right but um the point is that there there were these, obviously, uh, layers of people. There are people who were coming because they legitimately, idiotically, stupidly, psychotically believed that the election was stolen and that if they stood there on them and yelled and screamed and cried and spoke psychoso- psychotic things like Eric Metaxas on Twitter, that somehow the world would magically re- reorient itself in, in their direction. And then there were people who were cosplaying, as I say, and then there were people who actually really meant it right that that that, that that's the six or seven hundred people who stormed the capitol who clearly came to town with the idea that it was not going to be enough for them to stand there on the ellipse and listen to people speaking and listen to trump speak it was not going to be enough they were not going to be satisfied some of them organized some of them had, you know we, we've seen all the footage of the kind of bizarre paramilitary bar- order barking and stuff like that going on as, as the stuff was was happening. And, you know, it, it is where we get to the point here, which is I don't believe that it would be right or just or in the end legal to find Trump guilty of insurrection on these grounds. But is he morally culpable? Unequivocally. He is morally culpable. And in that case, maybe they overreached by making making a criminal referral on insurrection. You could make the argument that they could have said insurrection is an impossibly high standard to meet for somebody who did not directly personally participate in the act of storming the Capitol. However, our point here, and it's what they said during the hearing, is he's to blame. Rally was there because he wanted the rally. The language that he used—it's going to be wild.
1: He, he had Sing. numerous opportunities to put out a public statement immediately, saying like, "Keep it nonviolent, stop." Yeah, we or, heard from Hope Hicks yeah, or go
0: home yeah. or knock it how, off. how and he long was did not. It? it? Was hundred and eighty-seven minutes or something before he said something? Yeah. yeah. After he being was sitting in the White House, him. watching it, you know, basically, you know, basically having some kind of a near-sexual experience, watching people maybe a sexual experience, watching people break <laughs> windows. Well, I mean, what well, he and, did and, was... There goes our PG rating so... today. <laughs> and the right,
3: they... in writing National Park Service and the United States Secret Service detailed for two, three days ahead of time the extent of the threats and their intelligence about people who are going to be armed and willing to be violent and had plans to siege Capitol Hill and lay siege to the right. to, to the uh, Capitol building. It's in writing. The committee uncovered it. it wasn't unknown to anybody in positions of authority. They had the committee's line is that the president had every every opportunity to review this intelligence and say this is too dangerous we should stop it even uh, on the day of during the speech and did not
0: look i thought that the first impeachment was an overreach and was a mistake and that it was right that he was not convicted you know that he was not you know convicted and removed from office i am very upset at the behavior of the senate and everybody in not removing him from office after the second impeachment which he deserved so I, I but I just say that there are ways of making distinctions like Trump was real has been railroaded on the Russia stuff we published article after article by Eli Lake about this so our bona fides is clear like I hear commentary like we are calling balls and strikes and if we're calling balls and strikes here Trump is guilty. Of having fomented this insurrection. he just not may be he just may not be criminally liable. And if is he spiritually liable? is he morally liable? Did he create um an event that is without precedent in American history for his own barbaric insane reasons? Yes. so I, i'm I'm not that willing to say that the committee was irresponsible or grandstanding or anything like that because I think, the moral argument is there. It's that the practical argument isn't, and that in that then, case, yeah, go ahead.
2: But but then, but in that sense, then I, I sort of am willing to 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 slam them for that because, um, why give the the the, the Trumpy right, who all they say is they're 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 trumping up charges, uh, uh out of out of a nothing burger? Why go that? too far step um why why give them anything to discredit themselves um when when you could have these other these these three charges um that i think are legit and you can also make the the argument not a legal one that that he is morally culpable
0: i mean that's a that's a that's a very good counter argument
3: i don't i don't it's because it's a political document The likelihood that the DOJ is going to take, yeah, by definition, the DOJ is not really going to take this up. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But that's not the point of the, the criminal referrals. They have other constituencies to service, too. And it's certainly not the MAGA wing of the Republican Party. If they didn't go this route, MSNBC would be alive today with condemnations of the committee's conduct. Why did they stop? Why did they only go halfway? Why did they get right up to the line and stop? What was the point of this?
0: The grave disappointment with Mueller that he you know, that that he that he refused to say whether or not Trump was guilty of anything, blah, 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 all that, you know, that sort of that uh, that uh, incredibly, you know, they were incredibly unsatisfied by the by the by the Mueller, you know, findings.
1: But I, I just one more note of caution for the Democrats here and among, I, you know, I'm a cliche, but I do have a lot of Democratic friends. We talk about this a lot. They would love to see January 6th be a constant um, uh, thing that the American people are constantly reckoning with if they don't agree with the Democratic Party's agenda. And I think back to that one year anniversary of January 6th where, where Pelosi and the Democrats lit candles and kneeled, you know, we're on the Capitol yeah. steps and it was this whole big thing. There's a there's a problem when it comes to sort of grabbing onto symbols the left is very bad about gauging what the average person thinks is worth praising symbolizing look they just they just put up a monument in in new york to the to the uh the Gang of five, you know, the uh, the five kids who were Central wrong- Park five, Central yeah. Park five, who, you know, who, yes, might have been wrongfully convicted, but also were out like wilding in the park. Like there was a large gate. Gang- they, they, they likely did commit crimes that night. Like, why are we it's one thing to be like, the, if you're unjustly convicted, then, you know, you should be condemned for it. But there's another thing to, to valorize behavior that actually the average person A would never engage in B all, already disapproves of and C has already come down on one side or the other in terms of their opinion. And the January 6th thing, I think, has has that potential for the Democrats to become this drum they beat that a lot of people are like, we get it. Yeah, we disapprove of it, too. Why is it still something that we're asked to actively condemn and actively talk about it- as a path to fascism? Like, enough already. We're dealing with it. The system dealt with it. The system held. Our democracy worked that day, thank God. And we want to prevent it in the future by, well, for one, not voting Trump into office again. That That's a pretty straightforward solution
0: but i think it's also important to note that not only did the system hold but that people were held criminally accountable for their trespassing and absolutely yes and their and their and their conspiratorial seditious. you know and a couple people have been you know convicted of seditious conspiracy in an effort to overthrow the government of the united states so um yeah saying like this is always with us is really not fair uh the the legal system worked hundreds of people were arrested hundreds of people pleaded guilty other people went to trial and were found guilty i don't think i maybe maybe i'm not remembering this right but i don't think there has been a single um exoneration or i don't think anyone's been found not guilty in any of these cases that have come to trial and
1: many have pled to chart you know have right pled out and didn't and, yeah. you know yeah. i mean
0: i don't know there are hundreds and hundreds of convictions here and uh and you know that's it's not just that the system held and that the count went through and all of that it is also that just the nation of laws too. and justice was served and you if you go on and pretend that it wasn't you are you are being a weird mirror image of these people who are like, who killed Ashley Babbitt? And why why isn't anyone mentioning Ashley Babbitt? You know, that that kind of thing. Like uh, really? Um I'm sorry, we saw what happened to Ashley Babbitt. We literally saw it in real time. I mean, it's the horrible one of the first disobeyed times I've a direct I've ever order seen such from a law thing. enforcement. Yes. And not just yeah. that, I mean <laughs> And she was rampaging. So the whole thing is, I mean, you know, it's like pretending that we didn't see what we saw is crazy. And now that this whole thing where Trump is making fundraising appeals for people's, you know, for this defense fund for January 6th, uh, another sign that he is morally complicit, you know, he's more than morally complicit in this. But I think, I mean, look, this is an unsolvable argument. I will say this, which is, I think Noah made the point. We didn't understand and in fact, a lot of the political system didn't understand how much bite this had, because the political the idea that you know 32 percent of the country or something said that their vote in 2022 had something to do with political extremism, is a mark of the fact that we very online people um, uh, are 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 inclined to say. You know, oh, I all I've done is hear about this for 18 months, every single day, and I'm sick of it and I'm done with it. And most people don't do this all day. And so every month, every six weeks, they're reminded of what happened and they watch some documentary footage of what happened, you know, at the at you know, in the in the doorways and the door jams and with the windows and everything. And they're like, oh my God, this is so awful. I just forgotten. Oh my Jesus, who are these people? What is going on here? What happened to this country? And in that sense, we underestimated. Uh, and I think maybe the one one cautionary note I would give to you, Christine, on this point is: if it's a political gift that keeps on giving for the Democrats, they're not. Maybe you're right that it will yeah, stop no. giving. I just
2: no. Don't for think now, it's still look, giving.
1: You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't mean, think it's good for the country. I'm just I like. Well, yeah, that's yeah. absolutely. I, yeah. totally
2: right. <clears throat> well, it's okay. not good for the country, and and this is also why I think it may. Stop giving is because they're sort of acting as if there's an ongoing conspiracy when there's not. You know, it it's there. It, it is all in the past.
3: Well, there's also in part That's a transition also, to the omnibus.
0: Absolutely, but let, <laughs> but before we go to the omnibus, no one has ever spoken this. that sentence. Therefore, <laughs> well, I just want. To... <laughs> there is an ongoing conspiracy, though. I mean, it's not a conspiracy in the same way, but. Harry Lake is staying there raising money off this stuff. They still have a whole bunch of election deniers around who are who this is now a new grift, big new grift. Hundreds of millions of dollars are going to go to this cause because people have been ignited in this way. Um, She's going to get very rich off it. For no good reason. And so maybe that's not a conspiracy. That's just, you know, like a monumental fraud that's being perpetrated on, you know, on Marks and you know, like it's like a three-card Monty game. And so if you throw your money on, you know, on the table, think you can pick out where that ball is, you know, good luck to you. And that's sort of part of American politics. But it doesn't mean that it's gone away. It hasn't really gone away. And of course, Trump is going to run this campaign in 2024 on what happened to him in 2020, because he can't not talk about it you know, he's the ancient mariner. Like, he'll he, he he'll stop with one of three, and he'll tell you the story, and he'll never stop. So it isn't going away. It hasn't gone away. And it hasn't gone away because of them, in this case, the conspiracy. They're still trying to make a conspiracy out of it as a counter-conspiracy to the other conspiracy that we didn't solve. But it's still a conspiracy. So I I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm very squishy on this, obviously. And let's take a break before we talk about the omnibus bill, uh, and, uh, hear from our friends at FIRE. Do you know only one in three Americans believes we can fully exercise our free speech rights? That's why FIRE is stepping up to protect freedom of expression for all Americans, no matter where you're from or what you believe. The Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression or fire knows free speech makes free people. Fire will always be a principled, nonpartisan, nonprofit defender of your rights. Join the fight for free speech at www.thefire.org. Noah Rothman, at last, at last, we are going to talk about the omnibus bill. Every day for weeks, that was like, let's talk about the omnibus. And then we don't get to it, but we today we're we going get to get to it, to it. The other day we got we got to it. That's true, but but uh, but let's let's well, we didn't so get let's get into probably. it. <laughs> let's get into it.
3: Sure, so please <laughs> now, get into it. I don't know. That just sucked all the oxygen out of the room. No,
0: not at all. Uh,
3: okay, so it's a giant spending bill. You knew that, but there is also. You know some stuff that they throw in there at the very end. It's usually the stuff that they wanted to get to in the in, in the in the regular session, but they couldn't because usually because politics gets in the way. And then all of a sudden it's a lame duck session. You have to keep the lights on. You have to um, you know raise the debt ceiling and have a continuing resolution, and then everything gets thrown in there at the very end. And they threw some things in there at the very end that are actually pretty good, um, surprisingly. Uh, at the last minute, we got this TikTok ban, a ban on TikTok for government devices. If you have a government-owned device. You can't have TikTok on it if this passes, if this part of the omnibus passes. Sounds pretty darn good to me. Um, Likewise, to Abe's point, they threw in the Electoral Count Reform Act or Electoral Count Act, um, which has been floating around since roughly since January 6th as a remedy to January 6th. It's kind of complicated, but generally the changes... That it would affect, first of all, it establishes in writing that the vice president's role in certifying the votes from the states is purely ministerial, that he can't just decide to overturn votes. Um, likewise, it would require 20% of the members of both the House and Senate to object to a state's electors to force a vote to clarify what those, are, if they will certify those electors or send it back to the states. I'm not sure if that's the entire House and Senate or the state delegations because presently it's state delegations either way it raises the number of of objectors to right now it's one house member and one senate member to uh to formally object and this just makes it um a higher bar to clear doesn't mean that it won't be cleared in the future in fact it shouldn't not be impossible to clear in the future because there could very very well may be fraudulent electors that are sent to congress and congress would have to adjudicate that issue but to just make sort of a quixotic Speech against the outcome of the election by targeting, for example, Ohio's votes or Arizona's votes, um, would be a much more um, difficult process. Uh, probably a too high hurdle to clear, um, which just smooths the process out and stops people from grandstanding about stolen elections, which are, which we've been doing every election this century. Um, so good, good.
1: Good. Well, that's the the
3: beginning, middle and end of my my thoughts. There's
1: Ukraine aid, too. The Ukraine aid is $44 billion. Right. So it
0: was it was originally 37. And uh, and now in the final, apparently the final version, it's up to 44 billion. And I think we can understand why. Uh, if you are not somebody who has somehow decided to become a catamite of Vladimir Putin and 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 act like it's terrible that we're supporting Ukraine. And yes, I did use the word catamite and I mean it too. Um, the uh, Russia's tactics have now become um you know are 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 brutal in a new way, right? We're going into winter Heat and electricity has been mortally damaged in major cities. Uh, the population of Ukraine is now going to spend months um, in the dark and in the cold. This is not, by the way, a third world country in which the people there are used to living in you know in 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 scrappy conditions. It's essentially a second or close to a first world country this would be a little like you know living you know if you're in kiev it would be a little like living
3: in 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 new york without heat heater power it's much colder than new york it, i know the the the, ste- the frozen step is freezing yes so i'm just saying but
0: even 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 so however you know it's the major city in the country and it's it's you know two-thirds of it are now dark and with very little hope of restoring power and so and and the whole question is whether or not this is going to break the ukrainian will on the one hand on the other hand is also going to give the russians time to regroup and do terrible things in the spring and so there is all there were all kinds of resources that are needed uh including the fact that we are apparently we and and nato and the nato countries are starting to really begin to deplete our reserves of conventional weaponry that we have been you know um providing uh to them and it's interesting that in the wake of uh the election uh that this idea that there's a growing american concern with why we've involved ourselves in ukraine like this based entirely in the minds of people who do nothing but who don't turn fox off in their house um This is going to pass. Uh, The polling shows, I believe, something like 70% of the American people are supportive of Ukraine's efforts and supportive of our efforts to help Ukraine. And Vladimir Putin's approval rating in this poll from Harvard Harris this week is 14% in the United States and uh, with an 83% disapproval. So I don't mean to like cite polls and you know cutesy polls in this way, but it's important that after a year of this nonsense about, you know, the evils of the the evils of our of our trying to make sure that um one country doesn't swallow up another country on the European continent. Throwing money the, into
3: Zelensky's slush fund.
0: Yeah, that 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 those people do not have not have not prevailed um in fact according to the same harvard harris poll here are the most favorably viewed institutions listen to this the most favorably viewed institution in america is amazon (laughs) is amazon which has a almost uh 80 approval rating so maybe you've heard that amazon is terrible because it's warehouse conditions or what American people love Amazon, okay? U.S. military, they love the U.S. military, 77% versus Amazon 78. And they love the police. 66% love the police. Only 23% disapprove of the police. And what's fourth? Ukraine. 56% favorable view of Ukraine, which is hardly an institution exactly, but it does better than the FBI, the CDC, Facebook, the Supreme Court, the Department of Justice, Black Lives Matter, Twitter,
3: China, Antifa, and Russia. So, most recent survey I can find on Ukraine is yes. um, via two weeks ago via the Global Affairs, the Chicago Council on Global Affairs. Uh, and they found two-thirds of respondents support the Ukrainian cause, giving them economic assistance and weapons, both of which are important because it's not just the war, but the fact that the country is being bombed into submission. Economic and recovery assistance is just as important as military assistance. So that's three two-thirds of respondents, three-quarters support accepting Ukrainian refugees. That's, that's just about everybody, right, including 55% of Republicans. Now, that's down from July when two-thirds of Republicans – Said they backed um, the Ukrainian cause, so the drumbeat is having an effect on the Republican mind. It's still a, a majority effect, of Republicans are still on board. Well, it's still, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Abe, sorry,
2: I mean the funny the, the, these polls about the favorability of these institutions and things. We should say who it's really a, a knife in the heart of. It's the natcons and the tradcons. I mean, yeah. who don't like exactly. our military? Who who think Amazon? You know, the, part of their new sort of marxie paradigm says that Amazon is bad and and uh and you ukraine is worse than than Russia. I mean the only thing that they could now that would like you know go one better would be if you know drag drag queen story hour had like a you know a 70% approval uh you know in the country.
3: I got another one for you. I'm writing a, a little bit about this later today, so I don't want to give up my whole thesis, but why not? Um so, yeah, it's it's so you I always know, say, say that, thesis. Noah, know, and you my, always do. They, they they you are giving up. They listen. They don't read. OK, um, so, yeah, it's you have your. you Amazon should read account, and listen. Clear. But um, yeah, NATO and Ukraine, very popular, 50 percent and 56 percent respectively. You know who else is really popular? The FBI. The FBI has a job approval rating of 55 percent of this country, and it's a, a dramatic gap. I mean, the 55 percent, you're like, well, that. That doesn't sound too terrible, right? But um, the gap, at, let me see if I can find the gap here. I have it here. Hold yeah, on. thank you very much. Okay, yeah, 55 to 31%. So, yeah. so 31% disapprove, roughly a third. That's about 24% gap. Um, it's not even close, folks. If you're the following people, the FBI news really closely, you're a weirdo. The the American people <laughs> like you. the U.S. Or military. a journalist
1: on Twitter, but, you know. right? They like the U.S. They military. are the same. <laughs> they like
0: police, and they like the FBI. Those are what... Those are the three components of what uh, Rudyard Kipling called the uniforms that guard us, and we have had a systematic effort over the last ten years of making us dislike the uniforms that guard us. Or twenty years, even though we do all, you know, thank everybody for our service and thank the military for our service. Nonetheless, they also they do terrible things, and they're they they and we should t- trade people for Bo Bergdahl because the, he was so traumatized, and the, and the, the cause is so unjust, and what they do is so unjust, and the cops are terrible, and the FBI is terrible. And the fact is, the American people are like, thank you, thank you for being there to protect this country and to protect my neighborhood. I wish there were more of you, not less of you. And that's a very important element. And it's by the way one of the things that saved the Democrats in 2022 was that they got knocked upside their head to stop talking smack about cops you know and they really did like they they really stopped um you know uh, the vice president of the united states wasn't wasn't asking for people to pay to legal defense hmm. funds for people who set cities on fire all of a sudden now just to demonstrate her, once that... she got her polling briefing <laughs>
3: So this isn't all back padding and you know congratulating ourselves. There's plenty of sacred cows here that are that for me at least that are gorged by the the general gouged. public, yeah. gouged. Thank what? you. Um, the CDC is very popular at 55. percent I don't like... understand how that happens because well, the CDC all, they... abrogates property rights. The CDC okay, they... sets a policy based know... on elite opinion and then backtracks two minutes later. The CDC is responsible for all the hardships in your life that you've experienced in the last 18, 24 months, and yet you love it.
1: But they don't like look, they don't they don't think of this. They don't I don't of think people put it in the same package. It's not in DC. But I will say look, the CDC has still got like almost 80% of its employees working from home. Like, this is this is I, all I'm the stuff Noah, that drives us yeah. nuts.
3: But everybody else takes a holistic view of this thing that's right. actually far more sane. Well, I
0: think the thing is, like the CDC, like, yeah, or or it's not sane. It's that, you know, we spend all this time talking about low information voters and people who are low info aren't just low information about electoral politics. They don't know what the CDC says versus, you know, what the governor says versus what the president says. Like their people aren't sitting there drawing distinctions. They don't know who Rochelle Walensky is. They didn't know Robert Redfield was. They don't know who these people are. They knew, I guess they they probably got to know who Fauci was. Yeah, but absolutely. it's also about
1: health. It's about, they, they think, oh, here's this agency that's about yeah. protecting people's health. That must be good, right? Yeah, like and these... no,
3: Well, I don't think that's actually very fair of most people who lived through the pandemic. The CDC was very much yeah, in your face right. for the last two years. It was no, impossible to get it around it. You're
0: it right. It really was. I think
3: CDC recommendations like... was a phrase yes. that was on everybody's lips for 18 months, 24 months.
0: Right. But you didn't blame and what's more can I just also say this I mean I, I I have no problem with what you're saying but who whom did voters when voters were in a position to take their frustrations out on people? whom did they take them out on they took them out on politicians because the CDC makes recommendations and it was, you know, the Democrats in Virginia and the Democrats in New Jersey and the Democrats in other places who took those recommendations on and declared states of emergency and told you what to do and where to go. In 2021, when we were still really in the thick of it, the public let politicians know how they felt about this. In November of 2022, long after sort of like whatever point early in this year that people decided that COVID was over and they weren't going to think about it much anymore, It was not that potent an issue because even thinking about it to vote on it, maybe we're disappointed in that because we were really hoping for some kind of a comeuppance. But obviously, if Gretchen Whitmer had run for governor in 2021 instead of 2022, not only wouldn't she have won in a landslide, it's it's very possible she wouldn't have won at all. Also, that election, that off-cycle uh, off election, wouldn't have featured all these crazy lunatic election deniers that helped her boost her, boost her scores in, in Michigan. So I'm just saying, like, it's complicated because people did take out their feelings on the right people because there's no way to take your feelings out on the CDC. You can blame Biden. You can blame Trump. You can blame Trump for listening to the CDC, and maybe people did. We don't even know. Or you can blame the politicians who took what they were handed and ran with it in order to arrogate, you know, in order to accumulate power and like, say things like, yeah, this week you can have 35% occupancy of your restaurant. But if you serve one drink too many, I'm pulling your license, you know, like Andrew Cuomo sitting there with his little psychotic, I know I'm talking using the word psychotic a lot today, but it's deserved. Um. Hey, do you see that Andrew Cuomo had lunch with, uh, Kellyanne Conway? Uh, yesterday. That,
1: that was an unexpected blip in the timeline.
0: Yeah. I mean, very strange. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very, yeah. It's like some kind of couple made in hell. Like, you know, as far as I'm concerned anyway. Um, so, uh, we will, we got another one of our fun end of year shows that we're going to tape today for next week. So we got to run now. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow for Abe, Christina, Noam, John Podhoretz. Keep the candle burning.